Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, and I'm just coming down from a major cold, if you couldn't tell. And, you know, I'm in the last day of it, so I couldn't go another day without doing another episode here of Rock Strikes 10. So I hope this is bearable enough for you. You know, maybe it gives me a little extra bass coat on my voice. Gives me a a nice little radio voice there. So I'm cool with that. And there's nothing I'd rather be doing right now than this show. So I hope you enjoy this one. I know I'm going to get at least a few weird look reactions from it. No matter who you are out there, you're going to have an odd look on your face at least a couple of times during the show today. And why is that, you ask? Well, I was very inspired by recent events. And for, uh, you know, you out there, I'm sure you're aware of this album that now exists in this world. The Lou Reed Metallica album called Lulu. It's about as much as I'm going to publicize it. That's more than it deserves. I I guess I'm not angry about it. I've, I've dealt with it. You know, I, I'm not a hardcore Metallica fan. I'm enough of a fan to buy the records for the most part when they come out. And I've seen them live probably about a half a dozen times. And I could definitely sense the feeling of betrayal by the hardcore fans. And, you know, the only thing that makes me mad about it is that they they have these fans that just will just hate, hate stuff that they do, uh, question a lot of moves that they make, and they just stick around still. They'll still buy the records. They'll still go to the shows. And it's like, you know, there's other bands out there. <laughs> there's other metal bands Go look to the other three in the big four. They're still putting out quality stuff. So that's basically how I've been dealing with it. But long story long today. Today's episode, I'm going to focus on train wreck duets. And these are duets that don't look great on paper, at least to most people. But in my opinion, these actually worked. So that's what I'm going to do today is oddball duets, however you want to call it. And... You may not like all these songs, but it's my show, so I'm going to play them here for you. Let me know what you love and what you hate, what you've never heard before. Hopefully, uh, I'd say more than half of these maybe you haven't heard, but maybe I'm wrong. But let's start off here today. This is a good opener uh, for any countdown, right? You've heard this song no less than a hundred billion times. This is a cover version of it. I'm going to play you a song performed by the Melvins and sung by former teen idol Leif Garrett. I don't know how they met. I'm I'm assuming that the Melvins wanted to do a cover of Teen Spirit as a tribute to Kurt Cobain. Kurt was a major, major Melvins fan. I believe he even roadied for him before he got famous. And Kurt did a lot for the Melvins, and I know the Melvins were very appreciative of that. He definitely tried their hardest with them. Major labels and the Melvins just aren't a good mix, but they did try at some point, you know. But I guess this is them paying tribute to the life and times and absurdity of all things Kurt Cobain. And maybe they just did it to get back at Courtney, I don't know. But this is a fun cover version. Just the fact that Leif Garrett is the singer on the track kind of gives it reason to exist just for the sheer banality of it and that's what a lot of today is going to be about so enough of my yakking here is smells like teen spirit 
by Leif Garrett and the Melvins. Here you go.
That was Smells Like Teen Spirit by the Melvins and Leif Garrett. Leif Garrett on vocals there. You can find that song, that performance, on the Melvins' 2000 CD called The Crybaby. It features the Melvins performing on the album and basically just sending off the tracks and having other contributors to it. There's people such as Mike Patton and Jesus Lizard and Tool and Hank Williams III. They did two tracks with him, and they do straight-up country covers of Ramblin' Man and Okie from Muskogee and stuff like that. So the album's a lot of fun. It's one of the more laid-back Melvin's albums, which, and you could tell it was just, it's a nice experiment. I think it worked out for him. And the Melvins, I love the Melvins, but they're not for everybody. And they know they're not for everybody. <laughs> but there you go. Go pick up The Crybaby, that entire trilogy of records. They put out a whole trilogy of records between 99 and 2000 within a calendar year. And that was part three. You don't need all three for it to make sense because they don't make sense back to back. Once again, there's the humor of the Melvins. Now, speaking of uh, punk rock, hard rock bands duetting with former teen idols, here's another one for you. And apparently these two met because they were sharing the same producer at the time with the different records they were working on. So, the, of course, the producer was like, hey, why don't you come down and uh, check out this session? Maybe something will happen. And it did. This song is by The Circle Jerks with co-lead vocals by Debbie Gibson. Here you go. This is I Want to Destroy You.
and a perfect way to end that song with a little car wreck action there. That was I Want to Destroy You by The Circle Jerks and Debbie Gibson off of The Circle Jerks' 1995 CD called Oddities, Abnormalities, and Curiosities. To my knowledge, that's the only song on this list today that has actually been performed live with both parties in question. Uh, the, the Circle Jerks played a show at CBGB's in New York, and Debbie Gibson actually came out on stage and did that with them. I'm sure that was a good old time. Now, uh, for this next set of music, we're going to be doing... Uh, we're going to add a little country flavor to Rock Strikes 10. Uh, the first of these three songs is the only one that's just straight-up country. So, uh, for those of you saying, you country, I say, that's good. At least for now it is. And... The other one's going to be more rock-oriented, the two that follow this. And the first song is by a gentleman called Elvis Costello. If uh, you've listened to a previous show here and there, you'll know that I'm a big fan of Mr. Costello, one of the best songwriters of all time. Not overrated at all, in my opinion. So at some point in his career, in the in the 80s, Elvis decided he was going to go out to Nashville, Tennessee, and make a straight-up country album because he's a big fan of good old country music, the good stuff, the old stuff. And he just did a bunch of covers, and it's definitely one of the best cover albums ever, that's for sure. And at the time he was out there, he got he, he basically sent the word out that he was in town, got some guest stars to come down. There's so many songs that didn't even make the original cut of the album that became Almost Blue. And this is one of them. Uh, and I think this might have been a separate session, which is why I didn't make the record, because I don't understand how this wouldn't have made the record. Uh, this finally uh, surfaced for me, first time I was made aware of it, was as a bonus track on the Rhino Records reissue of Almost Blue. Uh, great bonus tracks worth listening to on the Elvis Costello reissues. Once again, I played, I played that Less Than Zero live track on the live episode a few episodes ago. This one is Elvis Costello duetting with the late Johnny Cash. And here you go. The song is called We Ought to Be Ashamed. We ought to be ashamed. We ought to be ashamed. We use and abuse such a wonderful name. See the bloomin' of the flowers when the spring first appears hear the crying of the baby in its first tender years watch the flight of the robin when he knows winter's through and the one who made that robin is somewhere watching you So we ought to be ashamed We ought to be ashamed We use and abuse Such a wonderful name Look at the beauty It's all around us From California to Maine Then we think how we mistreat it Oh, we ought to be ashamed Watch the people pass the beggar on the street as he cries. Pants 
pencils for a nickel Still they pass him by See the rich man with all his money Ah, but still he complains Smell the flowing of all the whiskey Lord, we ought to be ashamed We ought to be ashamed We ought to be ashamed We use and abuse Such a wonderful name And the beauty's all around us From California to Maine Oh, we think how he's mistreated We ought to be ashamed And think how we mistreat him Lord, we ought to be ashamed. That was Elvis Costello and Johnny Cash doing We Ought to Be Ashamed. You can find that on the Rhino Records reissue of Almost Blue, the 1981 album Almost Blue. That doesn't sound dated in the least at this point for me. So go pick that one up. That, that's a good one. That's a that's a nice record to uh, chill out to, that's for sure. And uh, we're going to take things up a notch here on the energy scale. This one, I have no idea how this one happened at all originally, but I'm glad it did. You know, uh, I think the, uh, the country fellow in question uh, has uh, definitely some rock credibility. I, I've enjoyed some of his songs here and there, so I've never really gone out and bought his stuff, but... You know, I, I've enjoyed it. Whenever I was growing up and uh, modern country music was on the radio at my household, I would just detest it to no end. But secretly, when this guy would come on, I'd be relieved. I was like, ah, this 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 speaks to me a little bit more, and it makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, I guess, more of a man's man kind of country music. I'm talking about a gentleman named Travis Tritt. He guested on David Lee Ross' solo album, I believe it was 94, if I'm not mistaken. 94, 95, something like that. And I really enjoyed this album. The album was called Your Filthy Little Mouth. And it's got a just a hodgepodge of styles. And that to me, that's classic Dave. Dave is all over the place. He's world-traveled. He loves all kinds of music. There's people that say they listen to every kind of music. I believe Dave actually does. And uh, there's reggae on that album. There's, of course, straight-up rock. There's, you know, dance music. It's... It's a fun record. I think it's great. And the man sure does have a way with words. This song is no exception. I'm sure Travis might have been in the studio like, some of these lyrics are a little weird. <laughs> but they seem to be having a lot of fun. And, you know, they do a little uh, do a little skit here at the beginning, like they're just going to do it live. But, you know, who knows. <laughs> so here you go. This is David Lee Roth and Travis Tritt with Cheatin' Heart Cafe. David, maybe you can help me without uh, going back and listening to the lyrics. Sure. What's up, Travis? You know what? Do we want to do everything in unison, <clears throat> well, or do you want to you want to swap back and forth? Well, how about if I take the first two lines and then you take the next two, and we just rock on from there. She dressed 
I love when the uh, the piano player up there, every time they, they finish up that course, he always goes back to that uh, rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu line. That's I, I, I love hearing things like that, even if I've heard that song a hundred times. But there you go. That was Cheatin' Heart Cafe by David Lee Roth and Travis Tritt. And I was right the first time. That album came out in 1994. And like I said, there was a mix of styles on that album, which means it wasn't very well received. Not promoted in the least, but uh, another interesting fact about that album, it was produced by Nile Rodgers. Very heralded producer, Nile Rodgers, formerly of the band Chic. And just looking at his roster, I mean, that guy's produced albums by like Bowie, Duran Duran, uh, Mick Jagger, forgetting some, B-52s, NXS. I mean, the guy's been all over the place, and uh, much respect to him. He's a great producer, and... Uh, so there you go. Niall and David got together, and uh, I think they made a very underrated album, and I hope more people discover it. It got reissued out a few years ago. I prob- I like that album so much, I'll probably wind up picking up the remaster. And go check that album out. It's called Your Filthy Little Mouth. Alright, now part three of our little country trilogy here on the Crazy Duet Show. I'm going to play you a song that came out this year. So we're going to play some recent music on here, and I guarantee you'll be hearing another song off, off this album by the end of the year on the show. Uh, this is from an album by one of my all-time favorite singers slash frontmen, a guy named Michael Monroe. Uh, he used to be in a band called Hanoi Rocks for a while, and I mentioned them. I played as the first band I played on my very first show here. Uh, he's gone solo again since the band has broken up again, but uh, not missing a beat at all. Put out one of the best albums of the year for sure. And when it comes to guest stars on his album, uh, I've been telling a lot of my friends this and co-workers, who else in this world can say, you know who's on my album? Lucinda Williams and Lemmy. So yeah, there you go. That's how cool Michael Monroe is. I'm going to go ahead and play you the track that Lucinda Williams guested on with him. This is a duet they did on his new album, Sensory Overdrive. This song is called Gone, Baby Gone.
All right, that was Michael Monroe with some help from Lucinda Williams on a song called Gone Baby Gone. Once again, go pick up uh, that new Michael Monroe CD, Sensory Overdrive. It is great, 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 great. Now, I, I know you hardcore music geeks such as I secretly think this a lot when it does happen, but I'm just going to say it out loud here. You know when somebody that you really like that's just not very popular, maybe they're you know kind of in obscurity with mainstream uh, success, uh, you know, a fellow such as Michael Monroe, who's not huge and popular in the United States, even though he's, you know, well-known more in Europe and Japan and places like that. Someone like Lucinda Williams comes in and guests on his album is a big deal for me because then I can, you know, point to all my more hip friends and be like, ha, see, see, yeah, look at that. And that's, you know, I, I love when that happens because then I can do that, you know, and I can be like, see, I'm, I, when, it, when you, th- when you think you're right about something, like you're back on the right horse and then someone comes, someone else comes in and it's like, yeah, even if, uh, you know, like a big artist gives it up for someone else in print, who's not very popular, like they're doing an interview and they say, oh yeah, I like this band. You'd be like, ah, see, see, they listen to the same people I do. You should be listening to them. Ha ha ha. And yeah, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> territoriality alright now uh, you know maybe the show hasn't been weird enough so I think just for the second half of the show (laughs) all bets are off I'm going to play some stuff that I might not have ever played on this show and send all the hate mail you want (laughs) I'm going to have fun here (laughs) this is uh, I I remember talking with uh, my good friend Logan about this years ago we worked in record stores there's always that one song a year pretty much that creeps in and you're like oh i shouldn't like this you know it's usually like a pop song or something that could could have made the charts at least and you hear it maybe it doesn't catch on maybe it does and you're like oh man i can't help but like that song and this is probably mine for this year (laughs) i'm gonna play you song by oh god here we go i'm gonna play you song by miranda cosgrove why am I playing this, you ask? Well, obviously she's going to be duetting with somebody on here. And uh, the person that she is duetting with here on this song also wrote the song for her and went in the studio, duetted it with her, and it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it is it is what it is, and I can't help but like it. It's one of those songs that by the time... By the time the, the chorus came around, like the second or third time, I already knew the chorus. So how bad could it be? It's a lot of fun. It's pure pop. And this is Miranda Cosgrove with Weezer's Rivers Cuomo. It's a song called High Maintenance. Here you go, folks.
Cosgrove, star of iCarly, duetting with Rivers Cuomo, star of Weezer, doing High Maintenance, from the High Maintenance EP that came out this year, and yeah, <laughs> that 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 those, that car peeling away at the end was actually most of my listeners, but you could forgive me, right? We're all friends here. Uh, hell, man, you can't say you didn't bob your head to that just a little bit. Come on, don't lie to me now. Yeah. All right, and and the the hate continues. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know what's funny is that uh, I remember at one time Rivers Cuomo wrote a lyric that said Timbaland knows the way to get to the top of the charts, which was a jab at the record company saying maybe you should bring in a guy like him uh, to work on your album. Maybe you'll have a hit. <laughs> and I know he took that as a front for sure because the guy can write a tune. I mean, you you heard it just there. Uh, I'm going to play you a duet featuring Timbaland, uh, duetting with one of my favorite bands of the modern era that I played on a couple of shows back, a band called The Hives. Now, in the history of rock and rap duets, I believe that most of them have worked, especially early on. Of course, you got your Run DMC, Aerosmith, that one got the ball rolling, and of course, uh, Anthrax, Public Enemy, which I believe perfected that, uh, you know, that formula of rap and, and rock and you know there's been a few others here and there along the way but I really felt like this was the third great duet that uh, rock and rap had had and I thought well this is a no-brainer this is going to be a huge hit and when it came out it was so not a huge hit so I still like the song on principle 
And I'm just like, how dare you to the general public? How dare you not make this a hit? Because this is a fun song. You know, you could take it anywhere. It's a club song. It's a workout song. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, in my opinion, it is. And here you go. This is the Hives and Timbaland doing Throw It On Me. Yeah. Time has come. Flyweight champion of the world. Flyweight champion of the world. Time Girl. Take it to the back of the club and fuck it, don't take this the wrong way. I've been picking that ass and if you give me my chance, I ain't gonna play. I really wanna get to know you, that's what I tell you, girl, you know I don't play. I wanna put it in your mouth, girl, you better do what the song say. Timbaland with the Hives doing Throw It On Me from 2007. And I say this so rarely on the show, but uh, just go download that song if you like it. Uh, Because, uh, yeah. (laughs) It's on Timbaland's album Shock Value. And, you know, Timbaland's a producer who uh, puts out records. So basically he never met a guest star he didn't like. And I can understand that. I mean, why not beef up your album if if you don't have a lot of vocal talents? <laughs> so the Hives share a guest star roster with people such as Justin Timberlake and Elton John and 50 Cent, and pretty much everybody else in the world is on that album. So yeah, go uh, go pick that one off of iTunes. Just cherry pick that one. I, I like the song. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's got a nice energy to it, and uh, yeah. Speaking of a uh, speaking of R&B and rock coming together, uh, this one happened back when I was a kid. This is by the Jacksons, and uh, with a little help from Mick Jagger. Yes, I'm gonna play State of Shock. Uh, it's not as obvious as you think. If you're my age, you know this song very well. But it's amazing to me how many people that are just slightly younger than me that have never heard this song. I'm like, how have you not heard this? But 
you know, when I started to think about it, it really hasn't, uh, you know, they really haven't kept it around, you know, like compilations and countdowns. It just didn't stand the test of time. I think a lot of that might have been the fact that they never made a music video for it. Because when this song came out, music video was like at its peak, you know, MTV and everything. If you didn't have a video for your song, then it was definitely missing something for, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's just the way it was. And they never did make a video, even though Weird Al made a video for it, which was hilarious. But I digress. Uh, This is a song that, uh, you know, the really funny thing about this song is that originally, when it was demoed, uh, this was done during a writing session between Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury. Freddie was supposed to sing on this song. And there's a demo out there. If you go to YouTube and you type in, like, Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury, State of Shock, you will hear this original version. They didn't stray at all from the demo version, from Freddie's version, to the one here with Mick Jagger. But it's fun to hear. I didn't even know it. I I had no idea that Freddie had such a connection to Michael Jackson until very recently. So go check that out on YouTube. But for now, listen to the original. This is The Jacksons featuring Michael Jackson and Mick Jagger doing State of Shock. Here you go.
I think Quentin Tarantino said it best when he did his celebrity podcast. And this uh, he made his like just after Michael Jackson died, so it was all like, you know, underrated Michael Jackson songs. And he put this on there and I think the reason he put it on there, I think he nailed it. He says, you know, I hate the Don Gong Girl is mine. This song should have really been on Thriller. <laughs> if they could have made that happen at the time, I would definitely have put this song on there instead of The Girl is Mine. Good, a horrible song that is. But I, I like that song. I think it's got a cool rock edge to it. And there you go. State of Shock by Michael Jackson and Mick Jagger featuring the Jacksons. That was on the album Victory, which came out in 1984. That was the last proper Jacksons album there. So, moving on. We got two more songs to go. These these next two are probably some of the weirder on-paper duets, in my opinion. And this is one of the first times I'm playing this guy on the show. He's probably my all-time favorite. There's nobody I probably like in this musical world more than Alice Cooper. Such a big fan of Alice Cooper. I know I played uh, him on the Halloween show. That's that's obvious. But there's a really cool duet that he did. And it was only a B-side originally for a vastly underrated single he put out in 1979 called How You Gonna See Me Now, which was originally on the From the Inside album. So this was a B-side that didn't really make it to a lot of his fans until it appeared on his 1999 box set called The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. This is a nice little nugget that's that's just out there and a lot of people still don't know about it. He's duetting with one of the all-time great R&B soul singers, a lady by the name of Betty Wright. If you don't know who she is, go check out her stuff. Betty Wright is awesome. She's amazing. One of the best. So here's her uh, and Alice, both very road-weary at this point, doing a song I, I guess is about addiction, because I know Alice just went through it big time, which is why he made From the Inside. It deals with his alcoholism, and that's what a lot of this song is about. So check it out. It's very vulnerable, very soulful. Alice Cooper and Betty Wright with No Tricks. No more panic or a 
That was Alice Cooper and Betty Wright doing No Tricks. You can find that the easiest on Alice Cooper's box set called The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. One of the best box sets of all time. Of course I was going to say that, but I think it's true, so go check it out. It's got a lot of cool oddball duets such as that on there. And that that's Alice's rebellion when you tell him that he can't possibly work with artists such as that. He wants to prove you wrong, so... Yeah. And the last song we're going to end on today, we're going to get some primal scream therapy out here. This is one of the most manic three minutes you'll ever hear in your life. These are two gentlemen that are definitely known for their ability to speak very well. They get paid to talk a lot of the times. But they're polar opposites in certain aspects. This is a song, a duet between 
William Shatner and Henry Rollins. This song came about, uh, I know a lot about how this song came about, and Rollins could tell you the best if you go pick up his talking CD called Talk Is Cheap, Volume 4. He does at least a half hour on how this song came about. It's, it's a very fun story to listen to, so go check that one out. Uh, but basically, Ben Folds called up Henry Rollins uh, to come sit in on the new William Shatner record that he was producing. And so, like, those three guys in a room has got to be just weird. But how great is that? And to put the cherry on top of things, you got the great, one of the great all-time guitar players, Adrian Ballou, putting crazy, crazy sounds on this album. So anything you hear that's really weird and out there, that's pretty much Adrian. And so here you go. Here's the uh, marriage that was Ben Folds producing Henry Rollins and William Shatner and Adrian Ballou doing a song about things that just pissed them off. And who doesn't love that? Let's get some aggression out here. This is I Can't Get Behind That. Let's go. Ready? From the top. My favorite shows on TV have 12 minutes of advertising. I can't get behind that kind of time. Eat quickly, drive faster, make more money now. I can't get behind that. My kids say, he said to me, and I'm like, and he's like, and she's like. It's all, he's all, she's all. I can't get behind that kind of like English. That'll be six to eight weeks before delivery. The rising oceans, the warming temperatures. The dying polar bears, no tigers in 50 years. Rising poison in the air and water. I can't understand why the price of gas suddenly rises when oil goes up. But takes months to go down long after oil falls. I can't get behind any of that. I can't get behind the gods who are more vengeful, angry, and dangerous if you don't believe in them. Why can't all these gods just get along? I mean, they're omnipotent and omnipresent. What's the problem? What's the problem? What about the men who say, do as I do? Believe in what I say for your own good, or I'll kill you! I can't get behind that! I can't get behind that! Everybody knows everything about all of us! That's too much knowledge! I can't can't get get behind that. that! Yeah. Drivers using my streets to learn. If you learn to play the drums, you gotta go to a studio, go to a parking lot for God's sakes. Why are you jeopardizing my life? I can't get behind a student driver. I can't get behind a driver who drives like a student driver. If you're gonna drive an urban assault vehicle, then get off the phone and keep your eyes on the road. Lifetime guarantee? Whose lifetime? Not mine. I haven't that much time left. Let's make it yours. Everybody's got a longer life than me. The leaf blowers. Is there anything more futile? Car alarms. Clap off. Clap on. Spam. Size matters. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it no, does. it doesn't. No, yes, it, it doesn't. Does. Yes, it does. My yes, phone does. rings. Eight millions in minutes. It's a computer. Blues in just an hours. Leave me the hell alone. Eat more. Spend less. The colonel is breakdancing. Give me a break. Credit terms arranged. I can't get behind any of that. I can't get behind so-called singers. They can't carry a tune. Get paid for talking. How easy is that? Well, maybe I could get behind that. Well, I can't. If you have to fix it with a computer, quantize, pitch corrected, notably inspected, then you can't do it. And I can't get behind that. I can't get behind a fat ass.
Yeah. Bill, can you turn around and do one more? Always can do one more. Let's hit it. That was I Can't Get Behind That with William Shatner, Henry Rollins, and Adrian Blue on guitar, produced by Ben Folds. You can find that on the album Has Been. That album came out in 2004. It's a really fun record. He does a couple of covers. It's got some wacky guest stars on there. You know, like the, like the stuff you just heard there. He uh, uh, Amy Mann, Joe Jackson, a lot of those people are on there. Country singer Brad Paisley's on there. It's a it's a fun, fun, weird record. So that's it. That's going to end the show here today. And even if you didn't like every song on here, I could guarantee you that any one of these songs is better than what's on that album that's out called Lulu. And that really was the whole point of today. So thanks a lot for tuning into the show today. Uh, once again, be do me a big favor by spreading the word, telling a friend uh, about this show, Rock Strikes 10. I, I, th- I don't think there's another show like this out there, so let them know. Go to cnjradio.com where you'll find the links to the Facebook and the iTunes, all the ways to subscribe and like and do whatever you have to do to tell people about it. Uh, leave that review on iTunes, and that's pretty much it. I just thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. I get all sappy at the end of each show, but that's it. Thank you so much. We'll be back on the next show, and I have no idea what I'm going to do, so feel free to send in those show requests. And if you have any wacky, crazy duets you think I might have missed, let me know about those as well. Maybe they'll appear on a future show here. So thanks a lot. Have a great rest of the week, guys. See you next time.